everybody. My name is Renee Sinclair. Hi, I'm Denise Folds. And we're here to help you doula that. Oh, yes. Doula that. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I always open with a checking question. So Denise, my question for you is, what are you watching on television? Well, you know, I'm not supposed to be watching too much TV because I'm in this doctoral program, but, but I am on the down low. I'm watching Black Cake. Ooh. Oh. Black Cake. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. And it's worth it, right? It's so good. The photography, the ocean, just seeing Black people in the water swimming and surfing and beaching and just their lives around the water. And that water is so beautiful. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I love this. It's on Hulu. It is based on a book. Um, my book club happens to be reading this book. So for the fact that this series came out was just a gift. <laughs> and you're right. Uh, the visuals are amazing. Um, I love this story. This is a story about a family um, and the history of the family that the mother is telling her, her secret life after she has passed away. Yeah. And once again, it comes back to that black storytelling. And, you know, for me, my family's from the South and both of my parents were Southern born and raised. And the storytelling from the elders is just captivating. Oh, I love it. It love is it. wonderful. And yes, this is actually a Caribbean family. Mm -hmm. um, who went, you know, like it spans like London and Scotland and <laughs> America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a Black love story um, and, and a, about the fierceness of a mother's love for her children. So um, I'm glad you're enjoying that. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. You know, it's got the food, it's got the hair, it's got, it's got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Um, okay, so I am watching Gilded Age, the Gilded Age. Oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> As I, I love how Demetria, one of the, um, she's the podcaster for Ratchet and Respectable. When she describes Gilded Age or anything where it's like fashion, she's like, yes, release the fabrics. Oh, and let me tell dresses, you. Those dresses, that blue and white dress she wore. I was like, yes. Oh my God. Yes, oh it's exquisite. Like Ugh. they have released the fabric. The oh budget must be robust. It, this oh. must be half the half of the expense of, of of the show are the dresses, the hats. Oh um, my god, those dresses! Just the fabrics. They have released the fabrics, honey. Um, and it's an amazing story. Like it's New York City, right? And oh yes, early New York City, early, early New York, and. We're still seeing, um, you know, the the issues around economics and slavery and slave folk yes, and the yeah. politics of being, you know, from a proper English family to being like in the class issues to being Americanized and it's uh yeah it's good stuff but that's what I'm watching. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. So I just feel like you know we've got to have ways to check out. And while I'm in the, you know, I'm usually watching it in the background, and I usually watch the episodes more than once. So um. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I mean, because you miss you miss. 
slip out. You miss things. <laughs> so oh my God, yes. Like, wait a minute, I'll watch it again. <laughs> oh yeah. And you kind of know what's going on. You can go off and cook dinner or whatever and still come back to it. So, um, but it's good company. All right. So I'm glad, you know, I, I knew that this fall would bring good TV and a great work companion. So I'm very pleased. Black Cake is definitely, yeah, on the list. Gilded Age. There's some others. We're waiting for um oh. It's November 18th. You know what came out? Um, you know what I'm talking about without me saying it. The new episodes for um, Queen Charlotte. What was the... Oh, uh, Bridgerton? Bridgerton should be out. Yes. Oh my God, stop it. That girl, it was, that? We were waiting for November 16th. We were waiting. Yes. So oh, look it up. Man, I hope I'm not How wrong. did I sleep this no check it out okay when we, when we finish the podcast yes we should have uh, yeah we should have bridges okay so anyway hey y'all uh, <laughs> you know some of this does devolve into like what our telephone conversations are like but okay all right we're gonna get ourselves together all right so y'all we have a few doula skills here um i'm gonna leave and then um denise will give her, her give you hers but um i'm coming in with my lawyer hat just a little bit, y'all, to talk <laughs> to you in terms of a doula skill about protecting your intellectual property. Oh, yes. Okay. A lot of us are making e-products, e-books, cards, flashcards. Uh, we're designing worksheets. We're doing all these things. And I think that is amazing. Um, these become like great teaching tools, great marketing tools, all of that good stuff. Please, 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 please. How many pleases can I put in? I don't know, a hundred maybe? <laughs> Please don't just put copyright at at the bottom of your pieces of paper. Well, a lot of y'all aren't even doing that. So, okay. So yes, you can write the words, but then you actually have to do the action. Mm -hmm. um, you actually need to go to the U.S. government's copyright site and actually go through the steps, one, two, three, four, and register your document or your program or your intellectual property, whatever it is with the US Copyright Office. Yes. It is a simplistic process that you can do. You don't need to hire a lawyer to do it. It's different than the trademarking process. Now the trademarking process, even me as a lawyer, I don't do trademark law. So when I have done work with trademarks with other organizations, I have, we have hired an attorney. <laughs> And there's an amazing attorney. She happens to be in New York. I love, 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 love working with her around trademark stuff. Um, and so I actually will put her link in, in the show notes. But I want you all to understand it's not trademarking where like you own the mark and the words and the phrasing. It's not that. This is a much more simple thing. You have something that came out of your head. You put it on paper. You typed it up. You're using it in your business. It's yours. You're claiming that it's original. This could be the words that you wrote to design your website, your web copy. It could be your images. If you drew a picture, you can copyright anything that you created out of your mind and it's your original work, okay? You can file it with the copyright office. Like I said, one, two, three, four, your own, they're, they're, they walk you through it. It's fairly simplistic, fairly affordable. What this does is it allows you to claim ownership. Like you were the first person to have this idea or this design or this thing, this image or whatever. And so if someone takes it, uses it, copies it, um, reuses it, claims it to, you know, tries to portray it as their own. Now people can use your stuff as long as they give you credit or you give permission. 
Um, but if somebody uses your stuff and tries to put it off as their own, then you can, if you've copywritten it and have it filed with the U.S. Copyright Office, you can file a claim against them. Mm -hmm. And you can avoid having to go to court. You don't have to hire a lawyer and go through all the testimony, depositions, witnesses trying to prove that this was your original work. If they can line it up that you filed your copyright for this particular thing, let's say two years prior to the person who's using your stuff, we see that they didn't start using that phrasing, that image, that thing until two years later. Well, your right, your um, claim predated their usage and their claim. And so you can get an automatic uh, judgment. They can be fined just mm -hmm. by that, doing that little work. You don't have to go to court. They can be fined. I can't remember if it's $15,000. I said I was going to look this up before we got on the episode. I'll clarify it in the show notes. Or if it's 150000 But I think it's 150000 I think they wanted to make it so that it's a, an extreme deterrent. But right. you can get an automatic judgment. <laughs> they can be automatically fined without ever having to go to court. What this does is it saves you money. It saves you time. It saves you angst. Okay. I'm bringing this up because... I came across a post in one of the doula groups from someone who created a product and actually four different products and talked about her pain that she was experiencing to find that another birth worker had stolen her work and tried to pass it off and, you know, make money and sell it as her own. Um, and so she says, you know, you can be inspired by my work but it's not legal to copy websites, digital products, courses, eBooks, PDFs, um, or et cetera. It is stealing. <laughs> and yeah. she is absolutely correct. Mm. Um, so she encourages, she says, please be mindful and respectful of our peers and all the work that they put in. You know, she says, my drive, ambition to serve and soul work has been infringed upon this weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As painful as it is, I will continue the work I'm doing because I trust in the long-term relationships I've built with you all. So she then redirects people to go back and actually purchase from her original place. But what I know behind the scenes, she's got to have a lawyer. She had to pay somebody. She has to take time. She has to keep revisiting the pain point mm -hmm. um, because somebody stole her stuff. Now, listen, mm -hmm. Denise, you know, I was, you all, I was recently helping someone work on a contract. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, I sell contract templates on my website. Um, it used to be on my website, reveasinclair.com, but it's now on the national birth and postpartum pros.com website. Um, and so I was helping her. And so I got her contract and I'm looking at it and I'm like, uh, <laughs> this language looks like my contract <laughs> language. So I asked her, I said, did you buy one of my contract templates? She said, no, I Googled several doula contracts. Uh, I just did a Google, like free search out there. And um, I, she did buy someone's contract, um, but mm -hmm. she said, I, I pieced it together between several contracts. She said, I don't even know where some of these pieces came from. And as I was like working through the contract with her, I'm like, this is literally my contract. This is literally my templated language. Mm. which I've sold hundreds and hundreds of contracts, right? So I do imagine that my work is out there somewhere. But I too, since I got the microphone, I too want to remind folks, yeah, you might have bought the template, but you don't have a right to sell it. That is my intellectual property. Mm. 
And if anybody know me, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I will come for you. And so I'm just trying to decide how to proceed because I know this doula inadvertently, I mean, she found it somewhere. It was um, kind of pieced together from several other pieces. So I don't know that I'm actually going to identify it that way, but going forward, I'm taking my own advice. Um, I do have, you do have kind of, okay, so there is an inherent copyright that you have, which is when you create something, people cannot copy your stuff. You don't, it's like an inherent law, an inherent right. And, but you do really need to take it a step further. So I'm taking my own advice and filing all my contracts, all my templates, all my things with the U.S. Copyright Office, because I don't want to have to fight. I'm just going to find. Right. Okay. We just going to find, I want full deterrence. And I think that we need to be able to respect. I know it's hard. You're everybody's trying to be recognized. Everybody's trying to make money, but you cannot steal people's stuff. Y'all can't, you cannot steal people's stuff. And here's what we do know. Denise and I have been around long enough to know that you will be found out just like I happen upon my own language, but just by minding my business and doing my own work, you will be found out. So please have some integrity, please just don't do it. And if you are out here content creating, protect yourself. I will put the link to the US Copyright Office. I'll put it in the bottom in the show notes. Please go through the steps. It is not, it should not be intimidating. You can walk your way through it, read it. And maybe that's a course I'll have to do, walk some folks through it. But we have to start protecting ourselves. Use the law, we have it. Absolutely. Let's use it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And people are doing it all the time. So it definitely has to be there and you should have your intellectual property protected. Absolutely. I mean, when you have it protected, it is as easy. And I know you're, you're, (laughs) you've had to do it recently. When you have something trademarked, when you've actually filed it with the U S government, it's as easy as sending a a little, a simple two sentence cease and desist email. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's such, it, it's such a crazy feeling. I could only imagine, I do know, I can't, I don't have to imagine. I do know what you felt when you looked at that, even when you looked at the laptop and said, wait a minute, that's my stuff. It is such a, it is such a, a, a violation of, 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 of all that you created. It, it almost feels like somebody took your baby into their arms and it's like, it's mine. What are you talking about? You're absolutely right. And I am downplaying, you know, I tend to, I try not to, you know, sit on the emotional side, but I felt that thing. I mean, it was formatted in the way that I know I, oh like God. I sat and thought, wow. I know I thought through, no, I'm going to put it in this order because it, it's the way my brain works. I knew the order in which I had laid stuff out in my templates for the purpose of building. That's the lawyer mind. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, wow. Even the options that I had in there, I was like, uh, this is mine. <laughs> Like parts of it weren't mine. I, I I knew I I you know, being a little bit of an investigator, cut and paste, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, on the criminal side, I could tell that this was not totally my contract. Like it definitely was a patchwork, um, which is part of the challenge that she had with the contract because it's kind of like not quite jiving. But um, yeah, it was mine. It was mine. And I'm like, somebody out here selling my stuff or posting it for free. It's not for free. It's not to be posted. So, you know, I'll do, I'll take some time as we get into this holiday season to like 
slow down and do inventory um, and pull my things down. I'll be, you know, making some demands. If somebody has my stuff up, I'll be pulling it down. But that's work that's taken away from families, right? That's taken away from building my business. But we do have to make sure we spend some time being self-protective, evaluative. And we have to, yeah, you're going to have to invest sometimes in a trademark or in a copyright so that you don't end up in court or just having people take your stuff. I mean, you've talked to me about a very popular website, that owner uh, being very upset that her entire website got stolen by another, another business that is a direct, obvious competitor. And she is not doing anything about it. She's her. No, she's she's hurt and messed up, but she is not doing anything about it. And I'm like, well, why not? And I'm thinking, oh, she didn't copyright her website, her web copy. So it's just crazy. And, 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 And it's to the point that the other people that copied from her literally did a cut and paste. Yeah. And brazen about it. They're brazen. They're in my email box. Yes. Yes. They're blowing up right in front of her face. And that was her work. And she's not doing anything about it. And, you know, I can't be outraged. I can't do anything for her because it's not my intellectual property. So it's not my place to speak on it. But I do tell my mentees, I do tell people in close circles that, hey, stay away from this organization because it is copied completely from another birth worker's intellectual property. Yeah. And it's funny because I had a client who uh, I needed... I, I was trying to help a particular situation, this situation, right, that we know because we're not naming the organizations. And I got an email from them and I was like, let me read these tips. And I was like, well, that, I guess these are helpful. But I just literally refused to like, like I'm probably going to unsubscribe soon. But like, I'm like, dang, because I just, I know she stole the other woman's stuff. So yeah. I wish I could have just shared the link with my client, but out of sheer ethics, I was like, I can't, I'll tell her for a few things, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to promote this organization. Just can't do it. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so cover your behinds y'all do your behind put a little money in your budget. Think through, um, what, it, what does it cost? And then think, is it important enough? I'm, I'm going to put it out here to the world. Is it important enough, valuable enough to me to, if I put it out here, you better believe somebody's going to enjoy it, take it, try to, you know, use it. And some folk won't even re rework it and make it their own. They'll just take your stuff, copy paste and start making money off of it. So protect yourself. Protect yourself. This is part of your legacy. Yeah. Protect yourself. Absolutely. So that's what I got. Okay. So what do you have for the, for the, for the people in terms of doula skills? Well, you know, I, I really want to talk about how to choose qualified doula trainers. And, you know, I've just decided that my work is focused now um, going into this whole doctorate program and stuff. Um, I'm really focused on doulas. And I really think that the bar has to be raised, especially when it comes to community doula work, when it comes to black doulas, brown doulas. And what we we need to understand is the quality of that doula trainer. And so many people want to sign up and be doulas and they go into these doula trainings because of a brand name and not realizing that they're being under-trained, okay? So, you know, I really feel that now we have to call out the dual organizations. I'm not going to call them out by name here, but now as you're shopping for a doula training, you definitely want to know from these organizations 
how many people they train annually? What's the demographics of the people they're training? How many people are certifying? What is the basic? They don't have to give away everything, but what is their basic outline of their doula training? How many days is it? Um, how many hours are you expected to put in on your own? Does this doula trainer actually have hands-on experience currently? You want a doula trainer that was actually in the rooms, in the labor and delivery rooms during COVID. Some doula trainers have not supported a birth in over 10 years. Oh. So they're talking about stuff from back in the day. Girl. Some, some doula trainers haven't supported a birth in five years, three years. They haven't supported a birth in three years. And we all know that because of COVID-19, the birth arena has pivoted greatly because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So like, let's just understand the practicality of this. People were training doulas. They really weren't, because when you're a trainer, you're wearing a different hat. You're not often, most often you're not also in the birth room. You, you're just playing a different role in the birth world. Um, but when the pandemic came, they were, you know, they had trainings on the, on the schedule. People were like, I'm going to become a doula. I'm going to become a doula. So those trainers just kept training. So they were so busy training y'all, <laughs> they weren't actually in the birth room to understand how birth had changed with COVID-19. Right. They couldn't even speak to it because they weren't experiencing it. So they couldn't teach you. They didn't have a clue. So you didn't came out your, your, your workshop and you're trying to get birth work and the ways that they taught you don't even exist anymore. They're like, they're not, it's not quite, quite jiving because the, the world changed, the birth world changed, the, the birthing space changed during the pandemic. And a lot of trainers had no clue, so they couldn't give it to you. No, they cannot give it to you. They don't know what it's like. They don't understand the culture. They don't understand what families are up against now going into these institutions to give birth. So you want to do a trainer that you can go back to and say, hey, I've got a situation here I need to talk out. Many of these doula trainers are doing the money grab and they're gone and leaving, leaving the person who took the training without any kind of resource to go do mentoring, guidance, any kind of suggestions, nothing. Okay. So we really have to raise this bar now when it comes to doula trainers, because it has turned into a money grab. Totally. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that you need to ask folks about is how do I do business? Exactly. Because it's one thing to have doula skills, but you essentially have to create a business to get doula clients. Mm -hmm. All right. And so if your doula trainer, if that workshop, that organization is not there for you to help you continue the next step, which is building your business, then they're failing you. So yeah. one of the questions when you're shopping around, if you've already shopped around, if you're trying to get back in the game, you need to really figure out, like ask them, take people to task about how are you going to support me ongoing personally and my growth and my identity as a birth worker, but also how to, you know, what are you going to offer me? How are you going to support me in growing the business in this community? Correct. And you want a doula trainer who's connected to the friggin' community. And I get really annoyed with this because I have right now, I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at a messenger message I got from a doula trainer up in Rochester. Okay. She sends me a message and she says, I was given your name, Denise, regarding a doula-friendly initiative project that might be a target for this area. Can you provide me with any information on that? I'm a, I'm a doula trainer of 20 years, and I have great connection in this community. 
I'm super curious about it. So my response is, if you are that experienced and that connected, why the heck are you reaching out to me? And I'm down in New York City and you're upstate in that community entrenched for 20 years and you don't know what the T is. So these doula trainers are not connected. It is a money grab and they're not connected with their community. They don't know the changes in policies, what's happening with Medicaid, what's happening with community doula work, but they wanna reach out to another person to get the tea that's happening in their own backyard. The shortcut. Right, that's just how disconnected some of these friggin' doula trainers are. Yeah. Yeah, they, you know, can you imagine they were in their little world, you know, training and then the pandemic happened, they don't even know what they don't know. No. But doing a business, if you, any of us, if you have tried to do business at all in the, while we were at the height of the pandemic or since, we all know that doing business has changed. It has become more challenging. It's, it, the whole game has changed. And so, yeah, you need a trainer who has stayed plugged in who has stayed connected to their own community, that they can support you wherever you are in your community, but they understand how to do business. They understand what it takes to show up in these spaces, birth center, home birth, or hospital, and do the birth work. I would even say on the postpartum side, going into people's homes is different now. Yes. You know, initially it was like, do I wear a mask, two masks? Is it okay if they have a purifier in the room? Do I stay in the baby room versus interact with the rest of the family? There were restrictions like they couldn't, you know, we were um, signing mutual general liability release forms. So if I give you COVID, you give me COVID, like we're going to hold one another harmless if we actually get sick and have a catastrophic experience. I mean... (laughs) We were postpartum dueling in that kind of environment, taking chances with our lives, with our family's lives. And let me tell you, if you were a trainer and you were just like, oh, the beauty of postpartum, oh, 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 and you weren't having to put on a hazmat suit and go into people's houses and risk your life, you can't talk to me. No, there you go. I'm not taking your money. I mean, you're not not taking my money. I I can't come to your training. You can't teach me nothing. That's it. You can't tell me anything because I was out here. I was out here in the pandemic. I was getting so many COVID swabs that my nose would start bleeding. Okay. I was wearing hazmat suits. So when these doula trainers want to come and say, oh, I'm offering a doula training, come take my training. And you didn't go through this pandemic with me out there. Then you can't tell me anything. I'm sorry. The answer is no. It's really different. Like even now, I just did a doula interview for postpartum support. And yes, no, we're on the other side of the pandemic, but guess what? COVID is still going around. So I'm, I'm on the phone talking with this family about COVID protocols still, and they're having twins. So we're talking about COVID protocols. We're talking about that they may have their babies early and what that means for their immune system. Mm. But while I'm on the phone, my TV is on, but it's on mute. The news is running headline about the pan, like the high numbers of RSV mm-hmm. in infants and children right now. So go. it jogged my mind to think about like, yeah, let me talk to them about flu. Let me talk to them about managing, you know, and trying to, everybody's trying to stay healthy going into the birth um, and that we can, how we can maintain health over the term of the, like the six week term of the postpartum contract. Right. And so like all the, like the whole 
communicable disease thing. I just don't remember having that conversation extensively um, before 2020. I just really don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was in the game. (laughs) So again, I think trainers having to have some experience being in the field, still taking care of families, even if it's every now and then, so that you can actually see and know what doulas are going through. So you actually know what they should be learning. Right. And what kinds of things your training should be speaking to, I think is super important. It's super, super important. And, you know, this is me starting this campaign going into 2024. I'm really going to be talking about raising the bar because the bar has been lowered so low for our black and brown birth workers and community doulas. It stops now. Definitely comes to a stop. There you go. There you go. Okay. (laughs) well I think that I think those are valuable tips for you know some folks they may be feeling maybe we validated some of their feelings they were having about their training yeah yeah I'm here for it I'm here for the duelist I'm here for it definitely but let's get get off of that subject because it can get pretty intense you know uh Reve you got some trend that's happening here and it has to do with something that I have a love-hate relationship with and it's called okra Oh, girl. Okay. I'm like, what is it? (laughs) Okay. I don't know anything about this. So it is a trend that I want to put out out there, but I want y'all to email us or tell us what you know. This is purely me trying to do some some research. My client came to me (laughs) trying to figure out the best way to have this baby. And she asked me about okra water. Does mm. like apparently drinking okra water is a way for you to ensure that you can have a one push birth. Oh my God. <laughs> but the idea, so okay, so you all know the vegetable okra is like slimy, it has that slip factor. So the idea is that that slip factor when you're drinking okra water, and there's a particular way to, to make it. I actually found, I did find a website that kind of uh, talked about okra tea and things like that, ways to prepare it. So I did send her the link. She did not try any of it because she's not really a fan of okra, but she was very, very, it was very tempting because she liked the idea of a one push birth. So the idea is with the slip and the slime that the baby just slips out. (laughs) I'm like, first of all, (laughs) I'm just trying to get past the slime with the okra. I'm just trying, trying. I know girl, but I'm like, did our grannies notice our granny midwives did they notice? like I'm like I got to go I and I seen Unsalama twice last weekend I I got to keep this in my mind I should have asked her I'm gonna have to call, call Karina and see but I yeah I mean if it was that easy we all would be doing it right but Ugh. I then saw it on a Facebook um you know on a Facebook post and Adula was affirming it so I was like okay y'all wait I might just be missing this so my question and my challenge to y'all, give us some feedback. Tell us what you know, tell us what you've seen, tell us what you've experienced when it comes to okra water. Is it, is it the one push solution? Does the baby just slip out? I gotta know. Let's do a little bit of research. Uh, I might get in a group and do a poll. I don't know. I really want to know. And maybe it's too new, maybe not enough people, but like, Here's have used it, right? Maybe not enough pe- people have used it, but I'm also here for us to do an okra water challenge. 
Maybe yeah. you can suggest it to your clients. Cause if it's, first of all, okra is a green vegetable. It can't be that it's not going to be harmful to you. So it probably is okay, but maybe we can all like, like suggest it. And if our clients use it, we, you know, you can report back. So I'm going to stick with this for a couple of months. Let's see how it goes. I'm going to try to collect some data to see, does okra water help get you a one push birth? That's my question. Gosh. We'll uh, see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, I, I want to know. I want to know. Okay. So that's a lighthearted trend. I want you to now tell us what you, you brought something to, to me. Well, I hadn't seen the video. I hadn't heard the thing, but um, you did share with me. So tell us, you know, it's a little bit of a sobering trend. Tell us what you heard and saw from our our comrade over in Alabama. Oh yeah, um, you know, there's this, there's this wonderful, you know, this this black midwife. You know, she's doing amazing things, and you know, Alabama is a tough place. It is a harsh, harsh place. I've been there twice in my life. The energy is different as a black person. The oppression, the spirits of our ancestors are still roaming very strong. And so she's really working hard to enhance the, the, the black birth experience for residents of Alabama. And it's been an uphill battle. And, you know, uh, uh, 10 days ago, she jumped on Instagram with the live and she was sitting in her car and she says, you know, just take a look. This is the, this is the face of a person who is just basically done. They're just ready to break down. It's, 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 you know, she's at the end of her rope. This is it. And, you know, it's, it's really, really hard to see, you know, a person who's worked so hard, so intelligent, so, you know, really dedicated to say, I can't go any further. I, I'm, I'm tapped out. My reserves, I don't have any. I've, I've, I'm fighting this battle and I just don't have any more fight left in me. Yes. And, you know, and we're talking specifically about Dr. Midwife uh, Stephanie. Yeah. And yeah. And she's, she's a face, you know, of a broken person. She's getting ready to break. And, and that's, that's something, you know, black people, it takes a lot to get us to break now. Cause you know, we can, we could take a lot, but oh, yeah. you know, when, when you're, when you're, when you're dealing with so much hostility and vitriol and resistance and just every single day, it's a constant battle. I really do feel for her. And, and, and I, and I could only imagine, I'm here in the North, we do have our issues, but it's not nearly as intense as it is in Alabama. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it was just so hard to see that because she's really very, very sincerely dedicated to uplifting our people when it comes to birth work. And she's getting a lot of resistance. And the thing is, is the resistance really necessary? It really isn't. But it's just a pervasive, it's just such an ingrained culture in the South to fight this Black woman. Oh, yeah. And she's fighting for the, the building. She's fighting to get contractors actually show up and do what they are paid to do. She's trying to build this birth center. It's just really, really rough. And I have to say to the white people, you know, if you don't want us to burden your places, then when we build our own spaces, let them be because you don't want us over here, right? Same thing with Black Wall Street. You didn't want us in, in, your, in your communities. So we went and built our own 
And then when they picked up and did so well, what did you do? You came and decimated it. You know, it's, yeah. it's that same culture that we don't want you over here with us. So go over there and build something. And then when we do it and it does so well, oh, now we got to take it back. Same thing with waterfront properties. You know, many a times, you know, projects and stuff were put, low-income housing was put by the water. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to live by the water because, you know, it just wasn't the cleanest place at the time. Once everything got cleaned up and it became attractive, now they're going to come in and take away those public housing uh, set up on the waterfront because the rich and elite white people want those waterfront properties. It's much more attractive now. Yeah, that's South Beach in Miami. That was was a Black Caribbean um, settled community. Sure was. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, for, for, for midwife Stephanie, you know, she has my prayers, you know, she has my ears, but you know, it, this is such a hard thing to do. And for the legislature, for the black, you know, politicians, like, where are you? Where are you? This is something to benefit the community. You want a strong community. It starts at birth. It starts prenatally. Absolutely. And what, what has been so tough is we've watched her. She does the, the um, Sunday cervix on um, Sunday yeah. evenings. She yeah. goes live on Instagram under Dr. Midwife. I'll put the link in the show notes. And she talks about her, her journey, her struggle. She has supporters. She has people donating. She is getting money, you know, gradually to be able to afford to build this birth center in Gainesville, Alabama. And she, so she's fighting that battle in the, in behind the scenes, they were challenging her credentials. They, she came there as a midwife and they were like, oh no, 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 you need this additional, you need this other credential. So she goes and get an additional credential only for the legislator to say no. So you talk about, like you said, Alabama, this is an interesting place because she literally is jumping through hoops, fences and mountains. I mean, I'm not going to get another advanced degree when I'm already degreed and qualified to do the thing that I'm here to do. I'm just not doing it. She, she a good one, but she went and did it. The white folks said how high she jumped. She cleared, she cleared the hurdle. And then they said, oh no, they, they changed the law. They went back. Was it a law that was like on the books that they rolled back and reintroduced from 85 years ago or something? It was crazy. Oh yeah, they changed the rule because this is what, this is the history of this country. If a black person is doing well under that rule, well, let's change it and make it harder. Yeah. So they go back, pull legislation to make it more difficult, but her and three other midwives, they, um, or three other birth center owners found victory a few weeks ago, right? So they get the legislative victory. Only for her, so a few weeks later, for her to be on Instagram saying, this is the face of a nearly broken woman. Yeah, she's just done. Oh, fighting, 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 victories in the midst of that, but still fighting. She just got the big victory with the legislature and only to still struggle because she's paid a contractor and they did not show up. Nope. Now, I don't know if they eventually showed up, but as of the live, they had not shown up. And she was like, I'm, she was like breaking down. Yeah, she's I mean, exhausted. exhausted. Yeah, people, people can only take so much. I mean, we're fighting on every level to have a space for folks to birth free, safely, with confidence. And we're, we're you know, they're fighting us tooth and nail. I just got to say, pay attention. You know, I like to say that, Denise, pay attention. 
why are they fighting us so hard about the ways and the places that we have our babies? Why do they want to control this so much? Mm -hmm. You got to ask yourself, why is this so hard? What is the battle? They, folks don't do stuff for no reason. I agree. So you gotta, you gotta start thinking, you're a birth worker out here. You're like, this is hard. This is hard. Why is it hard? Why Pay attention. Hard? This is systemic. This is by design. And so some of our work, if you're not working on it, some of your work in your business and your daily life has to be how to dismantle what actually exists. They set this up like this for a reason. And it wasn't for our good. That's why it's so hard. Yes. That's why it's so hard. There, there, there's, there's a plan and we're watching, might be controversial, but we're watching a plan happen across the world right now and a targeting of women and children and babies. Okay. <laughs> like um, that's as far as I'll go with it, but there's a plan and there. And, and if we can, if we can capture, if we can stunt, if we can create trauma um, at the baby, at the infant, at the conception level, then maybe their mission has been accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's really, really tough. And I just, I just wish she had more people around her, more, you know, midwives and stuff, but you know, and it's sad because she can easily jump up and say, I'm done. I'm going to go somewhere else where I don't have to fight so hard and do the work. Exactly. That's it. That's yep. it. That's every bit of it. Yeah. I'm grateful she is there. I'm grateful that she's there and she's got three, two other comrades um, working on birth, establishing birth center um, in, in the state of Alabama. And I'm grateful that they won, I think, um, if you can tune in and support and provide um, help to Dr. Midwife, then check her out, follow, donate, say something, write in, do all the things. I mean, she she's a soldier for real on the front lines. She really is. Yeah. She all is. right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, all right. So we're coming, uh, we're wrapping this one up, but um, we're at the good birth worker news phase. So like, Denise, tell me something good. Like Shaka Khan, tell me something good. You know, it's been a rough week, Reve. So I, I am going to keep it on the good side. And because we just finished talking about a very heavy topic. I know. <laughs> One of the good things that I do have that I, I'm so, I'm so excited about. Andre 3000 just put out a new album. <laughs> oh, yes, my God. he did. First yeah. one in 20 years, right? Okay. And, and. You know, this man is close to my age. He's around your age. He's 48. And um, this album is beautiful. And it's just what we need right now. It is not a rap album. It's mu it's it's musical instruments. It's it's relaxing. It's a breath of fresh air. You can play this music while you're serving dinner and having dinner with your friends. You can play this music in the background while you're working from home, while you're studying. I played a couple of tracks to help me go to sleep last night. Okay. Now, and people are really pushing back. They're like, well, where's the rap? This man is one of the best rap artists in the world. And he got on TV and, and did an interview. And he says, you know, I'm 48. I have nothing else to rap about. I just had a colonoscopy last week. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what are we going to rap about having a colonoscopy? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I just, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a relaxation phase of my life and good for him. Yeah. Good for him. So I am so enthralled with this, this new album and track number two is my favorite. And I just really, really applaud him for being the artist that he is and stepping out of the norm, the conveyor belt, the expectation and doing something that brings him joy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw kind of mixed reviews. I, I, de I definitely am, you know, social media friends with folk who were like, where's, where's the groove? Where, where's the, you know, because yes, you had a colonoscopy last week, but you're also a black man in America. You don't have nothing to say about that. <laughs> there's no, there's no rhyme about that. Like no reality, no check-in on that. Um, so I think it's mixed because some people are like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep to this. Um, like you said, um, I, I did see some birth workers that were like, this would be a great soundtrack for a birth. So they're planning on bringing it into birth space. So definitely mixed reviews. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think he's showing up in a way that like you can totally change. And in 20 years, I imagine you should change. And um, you don't have to get anybody's permission to do that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> doula that. Doula, yes, doula that, honey. All right, y'all. That's our episode for today. Um, we'll check out the show notes for links and things like that, but we'll we'll catch you. We'll catch you next week. Have a good one, y'all. Make sure Bye. you doula that. Doula that.